Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. Welcome to the Build Your Success Podcast. We appreciate you listening to the podcast today. Here at the Build Your Success Podcast, we like to build you so you can build others. We do that through our coaching, training, and our special events, but we also do that with a guest we bring to this podcast. I'm excited today to have Matt Abrams. Matt is passionate, collaborative, and innovative educator and coach. He teaches Essentials of Strategic Communication at Stanford University's GSB. Matt is also the founder of TFTS LLC. We'll get him to explain that later, uh, which as a pre presentation and communication skills company that helps people improve their presentation skills. Matt published Speaking Up Without Freaking Out, and he's the host of Think Fast, Talk Smart podcast. Finally, he curates the nofreakingspeaking.com website, so he doesn't want us to get anxious when we're speaking. Welcome to the podcast today, Matt. Thanks so much, Brian. I'm excited to be with you. Uh, that's wonderful. You have a great background in speaking and teaching about speaking, strategic communication. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we dive into that, I want to ask you the signature question we ask all of our guests. What does leadership and being a leader mean to Matt Abrams? So I think it fundamentally it comes down to being in service of those you lead. I, I think a good leader is somebody who appreciates what it is uh, that's expected of them and what it is that the folks they lead need and is really trying to provide the, those skills. When I was a leader in the corporate world, uh, I always tried to best understand the needs of those reporting to me, tried to enable them by giving them the tools and, and space to do what, what worked well and tried to help them prioritize. So to me, it's all about being in service of those you lead. Wow, in service to those you lead, empowering them. I love those, those bullet points and thoughts. You know, you filled your application out several weeks ago, and we finally got, got here today. But in the application, you said listening and learning from your followers. And mm -hmm. I love that thought as well. So if you could expound upon that from a leadership perspective, uh, why that's important, listening uh, and learning from your followers. So those, are the, those, I think, are the two tools that allow you to be in service of your audience. You know, many of us, when we think about communication, think about what we say. But really, perhaps the most important part of communication is what we hear. What we what we get in terms of input from others so listening is critical but it's not enough you have to actually process it and learn from it and adjust and change your behavior and adapt so to me the best way to be in service is to listen to learn and then to act on what you hear that is so great matt and you know listening is such a great skill and yet underused skill in business and in relationships and family that we just need to concentrate on being better listeners and man, the payoff on taking the time and being conscious and aware and listening will just pay off really well for you in your life. So, well, let's dive into communication. You teach this at Stanford, so this is very important to you. What does communication mean? You know, how do you teach this and, and how is it important to those in leadership? Well, I, in many ways, I think uh, effective communication and effective leadership are synonymous. Uh, a good leader is somebody who can communicate well. That means organize their thoughts align people behind a mission and a vision, help people understand how things are prioritized, why things are happening. So to me, 
the two go hand in hand. Uh, leadership and communication are, are, are one and the same in terms of how you actually effectively lead. And some, I've, I have a colleague who likes to say communication, communication is operationalized leadership. And so to me, communication uh, fundamentally and in the root of the word means to make common, to, to make uh, common with others around you. And that's really what a good leader does is help people understand what's going on, what could be going on, what should be going on, and, and help people understand what their role in making that happen is. And in the strategic communication classes I teach at Stanford's Business School, it's all about helping students really understand how communication can impact their own leadership, how they can hone their communication to be more effective, how they can influence in the ways that they, they want and are in best interest of their organizations. And then ultimately communication is really, as we said a few moments ago, about listening and being responsive to the audience or audiences that you're talking to. So what are some tips and techniques that we can get from the professor of communication? What are some important <laughs> things we should focus on? Uh, first and foremost, it's all about your audience. People make a fundamental mistake in communication. They start from the wrong place. They start by saying, here is what I want to say, rather than what does my audience need to hear? So you first have to understand your audience and their needs. What's their knowledge level? What are their resistance points? What are their likely attitudes and motivations? You have to understand that so you can craft your message so it resonates. Our, the, the most precious commodity, Brian, we have today is attention. Attention is being pulled in lots of different directions. And if we don't make our messages, our communication relevant to the people we're speaking to, we lose their attention. And so the first and foremost step is to really think about and reflect on your audience. You have to reflect on how I'm communicating to that audience. Is it in person? Is it virtual? Is it hybrid? Is it synchronous, asynchronous? And what does that mean for the messages that you deliver? And then the, the perhaps the most important thing that layers on top of audience is having a goal. Many people, when you ask them, why are you saying what you're saying? They, they, they just say, because that's what I think needs to be said. You need to have a goal for all high stakes communication. And to me, a goal has three parts, information, emotion, and action. What do you want people to know? How do you want them to feel? And what do you want them to do? And from there, you then craft your communication. So it's all about your audience. It's thinking about the way you get your message from you to your audience and then your goal. Well, Matt, as someone who's spoken to large audiences, you got some YouTube videos that have millions of views. What are some ways that you get to know your audience? How, how do you discover what they want to hear and what they want to know? So I'll give you three ways to do it. First and foremost is cyber stalking. Uh, use LinkedIn use company profiles of, of people. Uh, you can learn a lot from about your audience. And if you're speaking in front of large audiences, which I sometimes do, you, you have to take a, a sample, right? So that's number one, use, use technology. Number two, directly connect to people who are in your audience or will be like people in your audience, surveys, phone calls, et cetera. And then third, talk to people who know people who are in your audience. So these might be somebody who's spoken to them before, somebody who knows these people. If you're speaking at a conference or an event, it's the people who are putting it on. So take the time to actually understand who your audience is, and that can help you hone your message. You never create a generic presentation or, or meeting contribution and just bring it to your audience. You have to tweak it and hone it. You know, there's this great quote, and I need to hunt down who said it. Uh, but it goes something like this. Creating a high stakes communication without thinking of your audience first is like writing a love letter and addressing it to whom it may concern. We would never do that. 
nor should you do that with your communication. Wow, that's great. I love that advice. And and finding your, what your target audience is interested in, who, who you're speaking to, what organization, what individual. Do a little bit of research. Take the time and spend the effort. Again, like that listening piece, it'll be well worth it, the effort that you put forward to know your audience and, and give them something that they're desiring. They're craving something that you can actually deliver to them. That's that's amazing. You know, you just talking about a quote there. You couldn't remember. I wrote one down for this very interview. George Bernard Shaw said, the single biggest problem with communication is the illusion that it has taken place. I love to use that quote. It's so important to me. You know, sometimes we say things and we think people heard what we said. In fact, we judge them based on what we told them. And too often we didn't we didn't communicate in their language. We didn't get them to understand what we were trying to convey. So how can we do a better job with communicating and making sure the audience gets it? Well, I've got lots to say about that. So first, uh, it goes back to this notion of knowing your audience. If you if you understand what's important to them and relevant, they're more likely to pay attention. You'll get a sense of the kind of language that they want uh, you to use. Uh, that is, is it a story you tell, data you give? Uh, we need to communicate in a way that is receptive to our audience. Additionally, we need to be thinking about uh, how we can embellish what we're saying to engage the audience more. So I can tell you something or I could ask you a question about it. I can tell you something or I can show it to you. Maybe I tell a story about it. So getting people engaged in what you're saying increases the likelihood, one, that they'll pay attention and two, that they'll better understand it. And the third thing that I'll say is, remember we talked about that goal, no feel do? You need to take the time at the end of your communication to assess if you were successful. And your goal is a great rubric to use. Do they know what you need them to know? Are they feeling the way you hope they feel? And are they willing to do what you're hoping they'll be willing to do? You know, when I go all over the world teaching communication skills and I ask people, how do you know if you were successful? The number one thing people tell me, Brian, is I got through it. It's as if survival is the success metric, which is ridiculous. You have to make sure that the people got your goal. And that's how we have to assess success. So I love that quote. It's a really important one. And we have to take the time to really make sure that people get our messages. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict? reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. Matt, that's great. I love the fact you speak about getting your audience's attention. You mentioned it earlier about we have so much vying for our attention. In fact, when I have the uh, ability to sit in the back of the room and hear someone else speak, I pay attention to these people that have brought their computers to take notes. Yeah. Most of them aren't taking notes. Most of them are working. They're, they're completely distracted. But I have seen them be pulled in by something the speaker does, says, these yeah. questions. And just engage again. If you got to engage them, if they're not engaged, they're going to do something that's more important to them at the moment. That's absolutely right. To me, engagement is simply defined as sustained attention. And there are really three fundamental ways I like to talk about or teach 
engagement. So there's physical engagement, get people doing something physically, have them raising their hand, have them watching a video. If you're virtual, have them collaborating in the chat or on a digital whiteboard. Where your body goes, your brain will follow. Second, cognitive engagement, mental engagement. Have people answering questions or thinking about answers to questions. Use analogies, comparisons. Our brains get really active when we do that. And then finally, there's linguistic engagement, the words we use. The most powerful word you can use to get people to be engaged and pay attention is to use the word you. We have all been trained since we were little kids that if you hear the word you, you should pay attention. So things like as you know, or as you might be wondering, or when you're done, instead of saying, today I discuss, say, today you learn. By using that word you, people pay more attention. Second, when it comes to language, words like imagine, picture this, what if we could, think back to when, phrases like that also engage people. So physical, mental, and linguistic engagement are the ways to get people to pay attention. That is great. I, I just had to write down that engagement is sustained attention. That's a great quote. Mm -hmm. I'll be using that one. You also mentioned when you're presenting virtually, you know, this is a new world we live in now where yeah. you got to do over Zoom or over some electronic thing. And you have these audiences. They're kind of these small icons, images across. When I've done a couple of keynotes, I've been like, you know, it's really hard to engage these people. But I love the fact you raise your hand, get involved and active. Back to that point about making it about them and using the term you, everybody wants to be included and involved and engaged. And, and that's just such a great tool for, for doing that with your audience. So let's let's talk about influence. Uh, mm. So you communicate for influence. Tell our listeners how you do that and why that's important. So influence is, is trying to convince people towards your point of view. And, and I would argue the vast majority of our communication is to get people to do something we want them to do, to see something the way we want them to see something, perhaps to get them to entertain doing something or to stop doing something. So a lot of our communication is about influence. And again, influence boils down to first knowing your audience and what's important to them. And then it's a, a matter of just leveraging different techniques to help people. So I'll share a couple techniques that can be real helpful. One is a, a technique called uh, consistency. It's getting people to see that what you're asking them to do is consistent with something that they've already done or that they already believe. So within an organization, if you have a group of people who all support your particular mission or vision, if you can advocate for some new behavior or some new program and show how it is consistent with your vision or mission, people will be more likely to buy into it because it's consistent with what they've already done. If you can frame what you are saying as a gain, something that people have to gain rather than something they have to lose, that's another way to be very influential. Uh, we are risk averse as, as human beings. We don't like when bad things happen, so we try to avoid risks. And so if you can frame what you're talking about as a positive thing, you're more likely to get people to follow behind. Brian, would you mind if I share one of my most favorite research studies really quickly on this topic? Oh, I would love for you to do that. I love studies so, and proving facts. It just this helps with this stuff. Great. So um, I, I am, I'm a fan of language, and I think it's really interesting how language influences people and can influence our influence, how, how persuasive we can be. Uh, there was a study done where they essentially uh, said, imagine you have a, an awful illness, a, a terminal illness, very bad, and you're presented with this choice. You can take this new drug 
that has a 67% failure rate, would you like to take it? Or they go to a different group of people, same condition, same scenario, you've got this terminal illness, and they said, there's this new drug, it has a 33% success rate, would you like to take it? Now, Brian, you don't have to be a math expert to understand that I just said the same thing. A 67% failure rate and a 33% success rate are the same thing. What do you think happens? People are much more likely to say yes to taking that drug, the experimental drug, when it's framed in terms of success rather than in terms of failure. So it, it just goes to show you that the words you use, the way you frame things in terms of a gain or a loss can really impact people. So being consistent, thinking about your language and framing can really help you be influential. That's great. It makes me, it reminds me of that old saying, uh, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Uh, and I think that's very important, how you frame your words. It, it's extremely important uh, to make sure that you're conveying the right message to get that. I've been working hard on my workshops and my speaking engagements to inspire action, as you alluded to, because, mm -hmm. you know, too often we go get motivated and we go home and we forget. Over the, Sometimes these events are on Fridays and it just gets yeah. dusted over the weekend and Monday morning. They go back to the old grindstone and, and don't take action and deliverables. So I love to, you know, put those things in there. Hey, this afternoon you can make this change and it'll it'll have an effect on your life going forward. And that back to that you, you know, keeping it about them. It's always important that others, people want to be involved, engaged, and included. And so it's always important to do that for them. Well, let's talk about the confidence of communication. Uh -huh. uh, when you need to be confident, I know you, you talk about this as a speaker, but just in general communication, why we need to have some confidence in what we're doing. Yeah, my, I've spent a lot of my career helping people feel more comfortable and confident in their communication. Uh, the book I wrote, uh, one of the websites that, that you mentioned, uh, are really dedicated to that. Uh, so confidence is critical. What we know is that if you come off as confident, people will see you as competent and credible. There's a direct relationship there. Now, obviously, you can take confidence to an extreme and be overconfident and arrogant. We certainly don't want that. There's a sweet spot. Uh, and so really finding ways to feel more comfortable and confident is critical. And there, and there are two approaches to this. One is managing the symptoms that you feel or experience. Uh, and second is addressing what I call the sources of anxiety, the things that initiate and exacerbate the anxiety. So when it comes to confidence, it's critical. And you address it by looking at both symptoms and sources. And the, the bottom line is the vast majority of people experience anxiety. Research suggests anywhere from 75 to 85% of people experience anxiety in high stakes situations. And quite frankly, I think the other 15 or 25% are lying. I think we could make them nervous too. So it's ubiquitous. It's something that's all around us and we need to learn to manage it so that we can be successful in whatever our communication goals are. That is, is amazing. It's great. The confidence is so important. I was coaching someone a few weeks ago who's looking for a new job. And I said, listen, you, you go to work on time. Your attendance is great. You're, you've exceeded in what you've done. You've, you've worked up through the ranks in the job you have today. You need to go into this meeting with confidence of, you know what? This is what I will deliver. And, and employees are looking for that right now. So you're going to stand out, but but be confident in that. Don't, don't just go in with this ah, uh, well, maybe I need a job, maybe I don't. It's, it's not going to be come across in the situation where you're desiring to work for an organization. And that's what employers want. They want you to want to work for them. 
Absolutely. Yes. D displaying confidence uh, in job interviews and presentations and meetings is, is really important. And reminding yourself, you know, I would summarize what you just said is, is, is by something I often coach people in, which is to remind yourself of the value you bring to the interaction. Many of us uh, are get a lot of doubt and we begin to question, do I have anything of value? Am I adding anything here? And that's very self-focused. If you can make yourself other focused by saying, I bring value here, there's something I could bring to this job to this meeting, to this team. Uh, it gets you out of that self-focus and it helps you be more uh, engaged, passionate, and, and interesting to the people you're talking to. So uh, just remind yourself that you bring value to the situations you find yourself in. I so appreciate that, Matt. You and I had a conversation. You have your own podcast. Yes. And I started this podcast you know, a little sooner than you did. However, when I started the podcast, the only goal I had was to go 52 weeks in a row and and if, if anybody listened to me or not, that was the way I was going to do it. I just want to committed to it. And I have learned so much with the unique uh, questions that I ask, the, the inquisitive nature I have, and the guests that I've brought on have been amazing. People say, how do you do that? Well, I just ask them. <laughs> just reach out to them and say, would you like to be a guest on the podcast? And, but I learned that I have this value. And other people, I've encouraged them, listen, you can bring your unique signature voice and your ideas to, to whatever you have, and people want to hear that. So it's it's very important we recognize, I think every human being has the value, can provide value to some organization, to some event, to whatever you're working on. Uh, I think you have it within you, and then we just need to discover that and then, you know, fertilize it and, and grow it. I completely agree. That's that's in large part why I do what I do. I think we need to hear as many voices as we can in our public discourse. And if people are afraid or concerned or not knowing how best to, to share those, then, then that's where they need some work on communication. And that's what I hope to provide. That's great. Well, it's time for us to wrap the podcast. I really enjoyed having you on today. For those that are watching on YouTube, I'm going to bring up your website here. Mm -hmm. And it's, Thank you. Uh, and, I, and this is one of those words I don't personally like to use, but I understand why you use it. Uh, NoFreakingSpeaking.com. Uh, but that's the whole, whole point of not being having anxiety and getting getting scared motive at, at that time. So what can our listeners find at that website? Uh, so you're going to find lots of things. You're going to find uh, resources that I have created and many other people have created. Uh, about how to manage anxiety. Uh, there's another area of interest that I've been studying recently and working a lot on is how to speak better in the moment. You know, a lot of our communication is planned, but what happens when we have to speak on the spot? So there's a lot of information there. And there's direct uh, pointing to the podcast I host, which you mentioned, Think Fast, Talk Smart. It's a podcast for Stanford's Business School, all about communication. And then you can also find a reference to my book, speaking up without freaking out. So it's a one-stop shop to get in touch with me. I also invite your listeners to link in, link in with me. I do a lot of work on LinkedIn as well. And I appreciate the opportunity to be with you, Brian, and, and to engage in a good conversation. Thanks, Matt. I so appreciate you coming on the show today. And for our listeners, share this podcast with your friends and family. Everybody wants to hear about communication and how important that is in their life and in their career. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Do me a favor, go over to wherever you're listening to this podcast, leave us an honest rating and review. And again, share it with others. Give me a phone call. My number is 863-800-9658. I'll help you improve communication and increase efficiencies. That's, that's my goal. Buildcs.net's our website. Look at what we offer there. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Remember to build yourself and to build others.
Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.